0: Shoulder, shoulder, slow, slow. I had this dream that we somehow evolved without vocal cords. And the only way we could talk to each other was by touching our own or each other's skin. And the entire books were written entirely in hugs and hand-holding and letting go of each other. And we'd hold and touch and let go of each other in all these different ways to say all these different things. And when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, he just put his hand over his heart and held it there with his other hand, and it said everything to everyone watching at home. And the news presenter did the same, and so did everyone else. And there are museums you can go to in my dream where they have a set of mechanical hands and you put them against your heart, and you can hear his exact words as he said them. And when people got married, everyone just held each other's hands in a circle and cried and all the funerals in my dream looked exactly the same. And the people with the lightest fingers spoke so softly and fishermen and workers had low gravelly voices. And I dreamed this dream for so long I learned how to speak entirely in touch. And I write poetry on my wife's back every evening before she sleeps, and her skin and her nerve endings are a kind of paper that only remembers the ink written on it for a moment, and while it loses something in my terrible translation, my favorite work goes shoulder, shoulder, slow, slow, neck, arm, back, curve, slow, slow, shoulder, shoulder, slow, slow, neck, arm, back, curve, slow, slow, And it is so much more eloquent than anything I have ever said and so much more beautiful than anything I have ever written with words. Love, Audi. I have trouble saying my own name and yet no trouble saying yours. I would call things and people by different names. We all would, if we could. We all do when we are inside ourselves. I never really learned how to say it, and whenever I give my name to the pizza place, there's always a question mark at the end of it. I am expecting them to say, What? But I'm still brush my teeth every morning because I want to be a better person. We all measure happiness and displacement by what gaps the things that leave us leave. Try to try more times and you fail. There is so many stupid conferences you can go to to learn how to sell stupid things to stupid people. Everyone's profile picture is just them with a shit-eating grin. I don't know what else it should be. Maybe a picture of themselves with a the thing that hurt them. So often the thing that hurts you is the thing that makes you human. As you get older, you miss people you didn't think you would. That one popular kid from high school has had a child. We were all kids once, and you think, good for him. The guy who made my iPhone probably killed himself. I wonder if his ghost listens to my calls, if he sends Morse code messages over the static on the line. If the call drops, he probably just doesn't like what I'm saying. None of us are so brave anymore. Not because misery loves company, but because misery is so comfortable. They're building cars that drive themselves. One day a car will shoot itself in the bonnet. It'll send a text to your smartwatch that says, I'm so sorry. Goodbye. Love Audi. Dad, mom phoned and said that you didn't wake up and I'm sorry about that. My first instinct was to call you and ask you what I should do and tell you. I don't know why I should do anything anymore because there's no one left to impress. Dad, mom's okay. I wrote you a letter and put it in the coffin and it said, I'll take care of mom. I meant that. Dad. I touched your face one last time in the funeral home, and I've never touched anything so cold in my life. And my first thought was, at least you aren't suffering from the heat, and you taught me to try and laugh at everything that hurt, no matter what it was, because that way it didn't hurt so much. Dad, it's been a while, but I still remember the way your brother turned away at the funeral, as if there was some way to look that didn't hurt. Dad, I grew a beard, So I see your face every now and again in the mirror. I haven't started talking to it yet, but every time I fix a scratch in my car, I find another one and I like to think you'd say, well, that's life, isn't it? Might as well be happy because that's the sort of stupid, warm, heartfelt thing you just say. How no one buries someone. When they knew someone was dying, they called each person who had ever loved someone and told them to come to someone's side. And that whatever they'd taken from someone, they should return and each put something next to someone's bed, a lock of hair, a box of matches, a note, a shot of glass, an old book, a mixtape, an empty bottle. And so when someone died, no one had anything left that belonged to someone else. And no one was sad at all. We will never leave Earth. Battlestar Galactica is a lie. Star Trek is a lie. Alien is a lie. We will never leave Earth. We will never leave Earth because we will spend the time we have left and the one chance we have to leave Earth bickering over who did what to who. We will never leave Earth because instead of building spaceships, we decide to build walls and razor wires and prisons and bombs. We will never leave Earth because we aren't building space elevators and warp drives and new kinds of spacesuits and lasers, just in case we ever meet anyone as petty and mean as ourselves out there. We will never leave Earth because we're too busy building tanks to fight over the last barrels of oil and planes to drop the bombs we made on the people who disagree with us over the specifics of the story about where we all come from. We will never leave Earth, even though all our stories agree that heaven is above us. We will never leave Earth, even though Stephen Hawking says we've only got 200 years left. The last 2000 don't give us much hope. We will never leave Earth because so many of us have agreed that passing laws about what someone else does with their genitals is more important than leaving Earth. We will never leave Earth and we will sink and drown on the ship while we fight over the deck chairs. We will never leave Earth. The Lost Starfighter is a lie. Babylon 5 is a lie. Star Wars is a lie. Ian M. Banks is a lie. We will never leave Earth. We will never leave Earth. And we will never be anything more than a strange thought the universe had a moment in which it went, Wouldn't that be crazy? No. We will never leave Earth because the world will erupt in fire and ice while we're still debating whether or not fire and ice actually exist we will still be arguing over whether we're burning or freezing to death when we die we will never leave earth and the few robots we've sent out in our place will be our only fingerprints and from the only proof that a grabbing desperate hand shot out of our coffin before it sunk beneath the soil We will never leave the Earth and meet Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, or Pisces. We will never touch Gemini's face and hear her say, You look just like me. You look just like me. We will never leave Earth because we're too busy arguing over who you're allowed to love, About actually doing the work of love, of leaving the Earth. We will never leave the Earth because we're obsessed with the soil we were born on, and we never realize that all the dirt that we stand on, and all the dirt we're made of, isn't dirt. It's stardust. Our dirt is their dirt, and we will never ask their dirt for help, and so we will never leave Earth. Paul okay, Sagan is a lie. Douglas Adams is a lie. Guardians of the Galaxy is a lie. Space Quest is a lie. We will never leave Earth. Except as dust and ashes and minerals return to the sender to be light burning in someone else's stars. something that makes you feel uncomfortable write about something that makes you worry what other people will think write with black ink on a white page in a quiet room so you can hear the tattoo tattooing the paper. Write with your headphones on, bashing away at the keyboard angrily. Write in the speech bubbles that come with the comic book character's head. Write a short play about the inner turmoil that dominated your misspent youth. Write a violent critique of a self-indulgent play about the inner turmoil that dominated the misspent youth. Write to try and sound like Hemingway, Saul Williams, Bukowski, E.E. E. Cummings, Adam Durex, Rumi, Alan Watts, or someone else. Write. To try and capture your own unique voice and take on things. And if one day there's nothing left to write about, then that's the exciting part. Because the need to write will remain. And that's when you'll finally write something new. Do it anyway. Maybe one day you'll wake up and you'll find that you can't even give your art away, that so many people have made art that there's too much, and no one has time to sift through the junk to find your pictures, but make art anyway. Maybe one day you'll get to your first gig, and the only people, they will be your family, and they'll be the only ones clapping when you're done, and everyone else at the bar, they just go back to their drinks, but make music anyway. Maybe one day you will write the most moving thing ever written. And if anyone ever read it, they'd cry if they ever found it amongst the one thousand, thousand, thousand other things that have been written, like bills and tax returns. But write beautiful things anyway. Because even if the only person you impress at the end is you, it will be worth it. the man who would not die. No matter how much they tried to get him in the coffin, they called for help and the entire world came to help push down the lid and put him in the ground like ants on food, him on the bottom, still knocking on wood. Silver astrolabe. Remember, there's a map beneath your skin and all your veins are rivers. There's directions and instructions written in secret on your bones. There's a star you can't see that shines in a north you'll never know, and a secret current beneath the waves that carries you to the end of you. The anxiety inherent in air. If you must know, this is what I'm scared of. I'm scared that everyone else is more who they are than I am who I am. I think everyone else just looks at the things they feel or think and says, of course, this is what I feel or think, this is who I am. But I am never sure of what I feel or think. And I'm scared because I'm holding all the things I could feel or think on a boat that the slightest breeze could tip over. And if that happens, I will fall with all of it into the water. I'm scared I will be left with nothing and no idea who I am. I'm scared of the wind. The fellow passenger on a crashing train. Even though I've just met you, I believe we will be friends. First, I will tell you something about me, then you can tell me something about you. And that, I believe, is how friendship works. Here is something I believe. I believe that people don't know how people work when they're young. And maybe that's why we're so reckless with each other when we're young. I think people think that people come and go in and out of life and I think that teaches them that, that life changes in big annual movements that one year you're this and the next year that, but life blends into itself as you get older and you realize you will watch a few, if not many of your friends get old. You will watch them lose their minds and their hair, you will watch them get sick and get better, you will watch them succeed and fail, you will watch them get married, get divorced, get pregnant and yes, eventually you will watch them die or they will watch you die. So this is what I believe friendship means, and I am sorry to have to put such a heavy burden on you, but you have put the same burden on me. Now you can tell me something you believe, as it is your turn, and this is how friendship works. The objection, Your Honor. Just then, right in the middle of the brilliant monologue your defense attorney is delivering about all the things you've done and all the people who love you, the prosecution slides a note over to you, don't ever forget, everybody hates you. You add it to the pile of notes he's already given you which read, no one will ever understand you in the way that you desperately want them to understand you. You will watch all your favorite musicians kill themselves and all your movie stars will grow old. Everything you've ever made has been trite and cliche and horrible. In fact, anyone who's ever said they've liked anything of yours has done so out of pity. One day, you and someone you love will find yourself in a room and one of you will be dead and the other one will wish they were. All of which you will later enter as exhibit B in the long, drawn-out court case to convict you of being simply pathetic and sad and useless at everything, really. And yet your defense attorney carries on, and you know that sometimes. He's fighting for your life. The things I would have said. If you're strong enough to take that blade and draw it across your skin, if you're strong enough to take those poles and swallow them when no one's home, if you're strong enough to tie that rope and hang it from the ceiling fan, if you're strong enough to jump off that bridge, my friend, you are strong enough to live. That shines when things end. I hope that in the future they invent a small golden light that follows you everywhere. And when something is about to end, it shines brightly, so you know it's about to end. And if you're never going to see someone again, it'll shine brightly and both of you can be polite and say, it was nice to have you in my life while I did. Good luck with everything that happens after now. And maybe if you're never going to eat at the same restaurant again, it'll shine and you can order everything off the menu you've never tried. Maybe if someone's about to buy your car, the light will shine you can take it for one last spin. Maybe if you're with a group of friends who'll never be together again, All your lights will shine at the same time and you'll know. And then you can hold each other and whisper, this was so good. Oh my God, this was so good.